that Jesus, we love you, we thank you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, Amen. Well, good morning. You may take your seats. If you are new today, welcome. My name's Michelle. If we haven't met, it is uh, just great to be gathered on a Sunday, right? Excited to be able to come in this community, to be able to worship our God. The one that is above no matter what circumstances that have happened in our week this week. Good, bad or indifferent, that he is worthy of our praise, right? Yes, so that's what we gather around, that's what we lift up this morning, that our God is good and he is faithful. Um, Anyhow, I'm a little bit excited, that song was good, right? I was a bit out of breath as well, so this is good. But um, this week has been, um, over this coming season, just had a bit of a change in season for our lives where um, my mum who has been, is living in our family home where we all grew up, Uh, my dad passed away a few years ago and so she's now living in this home where once eight of us lived and so it's a time and season of life where it's time to downsize a little bit where now she's rattling around in this big home and and understands that, one, it's too much garden to look after, but then there's just a a lot of stuff that needs to be happening. So my family and all our kids, we've just been um, hanging around and being able to paint and clean up and and do a bunch of stuff around the house, ready for that to go on the market so that mum can downsize and go to something smaller. And as part of that, what we've learned about my mum is that she's an avid ceramic friend. Well, over the years, anyone in the house? Over the years that she has made many a creation, that there are ceramics looted from the front yard right in through the entire house, right through to the backyard. And so now it comes time. Now, everyone who knows ceramics, listen, I used to go along with mum there for a little while, um, love the ceramics, anything creative, that... Anyone knows of ceramics knows that they're super fragile, right? And so while they are a fragile item, also attached to that is the emotion of, you know, my mum making them. So now we come to this place where there are many ceramics, a lot of ceramics, and it could fill the entire new place really with just the ceramics. So now it comes time to cull what is not needed and then decide what is going to go on to the new place. And these ceramics, now there's a pedestal, and that no matter what was happening, the pedestal's coming to the new place. It was very clear, it was very clear. So with the, with the pedestal, along with the unicorns and the tea sets and all the rest of it, it's all coming. All these things were picked out. So now it came time for my sister and myself that we, we have to um, package these fragile ceramics in order that they make it to the new location in one piece. So now it came time, so um, my sister Claudia and myself, we're um, packaging it. Now, just on the download, one broke. I gave it to the granddaughter, one of the grandkids, and it was fine. Mum didn't know. And, um, but it was very fragile. They are very fragile items. And so we had to um, wrap them, bubble wrap them, put them into the box to be able to pack up, put it in the spare room, you know, to cull the house, to make the house look a bit more spacious and clear when it comes to home opens. But the reality is that these ceramics are super fragile. You couldn't just put them into a box and then package it and put it away because we know that by the time we open it on the other end, that dear pedestal is not going to look the same. But the reality is that there are some things in life that are fragile. There are some things in our lives that are fragile. And some things that were actually once strong 
have become fragile in our lives. Sometimes we allow these things that were very strong to become a little bit weak and they become fragile in its sense. Faith itself can be a fragile thing. Our faith on what it's built on. So how can we cultivate a faith that goes beyond what is fragile, that goes beyond what is strong, that goes beyond what is strengthened to an unbreakable faith? That's what we're going to be looking at over these coming weeks. That for us as followers of Christ, that we would have this unbreakable faith. Our hearts and our lives would lean towards growing and maturing in this idea that there is an unbreakable faith. Understanding that we are broken, that we don't have it all together. We live lives that are broken and um, things that will go on. But regardless of that, that there we can hold on to and we can maintain an unbreakable faith. Who likes this idea? Who's ready to go on that journey? We're going to do that over the next coming weeks where this series is that we would look into the idea of an unbreakable faith. And as we look at that idea of an unbreakable faith, we look to David. And David in the Bible, we see the story of David and he is known for Man, oh, this is where you're going to really call out what he was known for. A man after God's own heart. That no matter what his journey of life brought, there are seasons in his life where he starts off and known in the Bible where, you know, he's this boy that is tending sheep. Um, unknown, unseen when um, all the other brothers were presented. Through to, so he's unseen there. He goes and rules and reigns and he has all these highs and then there's these failures of sin and all this stuff in his life. That regardless of where he was, regardless of where he was journeying, that there was an unbreakable faith in his life. That no matter the brokenness in our life, that we can maintain the unbreakable faith. So this morning as we look to that, and we look at um, David and his life and how he was and how he is known as a man after God's own heart. This morning we look at our hearts. And that our hearts would be a heart for God. That our hearts would be a heart that are inclined to, towards God. So we're going to open that up. And as we do that, can I pray for us as we open up the word? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. That Holy Spirit, that your word is alive. That it is active. That it is powerful to change our lives. And that, Jesus, we pray that in this moment, that your word would come alive in each one of us. That you'd be speaking, that our hearts and ears would be open to receive what you would say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to open up in 1 Samuel 16, and we're going to go verses 1 to 11 in this block. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said, 
when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called, oh, oh sorry, uh, huh? Wait, let's, all have, let's all have a go at this. Abinadad, is that what we're saying? This is what I'm going with. And <laughs> where am I? Jesse called, that was just a little bit, oh, okay. And had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema, are we going with this? Pass by. You just got to be confident and go with it, I feel. And then just whatever happens, happens. And, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? As we look toward a heart that is after God, we got to look at um, what are our hearts inclined to? That over here we see Samuel's heart was inclined to Eliab. That he is like culture of the time, um, the state of where they are at. The, Jesse presents his first son to Samuel and Samuel like, oh, he looks good. He's tall in height. He's the firstborn. He's um, got this warrior spirit that at the time Israel were wanting this warrior protector. He's got all the goods. Surely this is the guy. Surely this is him. So, Eli, um, so Samuel's heart was inclined to like, Eliab's the next king. He's our guy. He is tall in height. He fits the mold. He ticks all the boxes for what should be a king. He, he's got it all in him. And so Samuel's heart was sort of inclined, surely this is the guy. Culturally, it made sense that he, he may be a good fit for to be the next king. That Samuel's heart was inclined towards Eliab from what he was seeing, from what was presented to him, that um, Jesse bring that firstborn to him, that he surely was the guy. That what our hearts are inclined to can sometimes make good and proper sense to us. They make sense to us, but it's not necessarily what God is thinking or it's not necessarily what God's will is. I remember a time in, you know, those, those formation years of um, faith and journey and my heart was inclined towards um, just people along that journey a bit further on from me where, um, you know, I admired what they had and how they were following after God and, and what they were presenting in their lives and, and how they lived out this faith journey. And so for myself, my heart was inclined to be like, let me go and ask such and such what they think on whatever. Let me go and see what they would say about this circumstance. Let me go and test and see what they would say. That my heart was inclined towards a person as opposed to inclined to what God would say. That our hearts can be inclined towards, now let me stop for a minute. A mentor is brilliant. 
But if all you're seeking is a mentor and not seeking God, then your heart is inclined to maybe something that is not of God. Their hearts need to be inclined towards God and then have the wisdom of people in our lives as well. So there's a combo is like, yep, you've got it going on. But our hearts tend to be inclined towards some of these things that can be breakable. When we look at unbreakable faith, we tend to incline our hearts to some stuff that are potentially broken, that are potentially breakable, that actually my heart that was inclined towards people, what I'm entrusting it to is to another broken person. They're not always going to get it right. They're not always going to say the right thing. They may even hurt us in the journey. But if our eyes are focused and inclined to things that are broken and to things that can break, that we have a risk that we've replaced ourselves in something that is inclined towards breaking. It might be inclined towards health. It might be inclined towards image. We're going to get old and that image isn't going to hold up. It might be inclined to relationships. It might be inclined to wealth. Whatever it might be inclined to. That sometimes we find ourselves that through the culture of where we're living, that our hearts can sometimes be inclined towards these things that actually are quite breakable. So that question is, where are our hearts inclined to? Are they inclined towards God? Or are they inclined towards the things that we can see and feel and touch and we know is true and what we can see off it? But in this sense, as we saw Samuel inclined towards Eliab and he presented well, he's like, this could be the guy. He's firstborn, he's tall, he's a warrior. It's just what the, what the Israelites wanted in a king. But it wasn't what God was wanting. It wasn't who God chose. That our hearts can tend to be inclined to these things that can break. But for us, that we would, we would know and have a sense that our heart is inclined towards what God says and does in our lives good to have those other things in our lives where we've got people speaking into us. But if our hearts are inclined only to those things, they're just breakable. So where our hearts are inclined to, where our hearts are then drawn to, then where is our hearts informed by God in this? That our hearts have this vital part in who we are. They can get hurt, they can get broken, they can get all sorts of things. They're quite tender things in our lives, but it steers who we are. That our hearts are led, sometimes we'll be led by what our heart feels. Does anyone else feel this? And it is informed by something. So what is our hearts informed by? What are our hearts listening to, gleaning on? What are they, what are they drawing from? So our hearts are informed by something. And over here in verse 7, it says that God says, don't consider these outward things. Don't consider his appearance. Don't consider his height. But consider the things of God. And as I was preparing this week, just felt really strongly, maybe for someone out there today, that as our hearts are informed that as our hearts get informed by all sorts of ways and different directions, it's missing being informed by the Word of God. 
And that the power of the word of God in our lives brings that transformation. The power of the word of God where our hearts can be um, damaged, it can get hurt, it can be filled with muck and sludge and all these grimy things that our lives can endure. That the word of God presents itself as truth in our life. That the word of God brings life to dead places. That the word of God brings um, freedom when we're going to get captive by certain thoughts and, and things in our life. That the word of God is a powerful tool. And it is the word of God that should inform our hearts. It is the word of God. And there's many scriptures in the word of God that speak off the heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Who knows our understanding goes astray at times. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Purify your heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right, steadfast spirit within me. That our hearts are to be tested and to be informed by the word of God. That these words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. Sometimes you just got to hear what comes out of our mouth to understand, is that being informed by God's word? Or is this being informed by other circumstances? Is it being informed by hurt and pain? Or is it being informed by what God says? That the word of God brings life and brings life abundantly to our, our worlds. That the word of God is a manifestation of God in our lives. And I'm not sure, maybe someone here today, that you've maybe just not been picking up the Word of God. And as an encouragement for you today, I feel this strongly, that it is the Word of God that is going to bring answer to you. It is the Word of God that is going to dispel maybe the lies that you've been listening to. It's the word of God that's going to pour out love upon an unlovable situation. It is the word of God because it is God himself speaking to us. It is the informed heart that hears from God alone. That through the word of God, I pray that for anyone here today that is like, oh, that's what I'm missing. An informed word from God. That there would be just a revelation that maybe as you've picked this up before and it's like, it's not speaking to me. I don't hear it. I don't get it. I pray that the word of God would come alive. That the word of God would speak directly to your heart. And that the word of God that has power over any situation would speak clearly to you. That is what informs our heart. Is that we would stop and pause and, and have a little rain check as to... What's going on in there? Am I, am I hearing God or am I just on this treadmill of life where life is happening, things are coming at me, things are coming left, right and centre and I'm getting caught up in my thoughts and my process and um, just all these sorts of things that can come out of the natural side and the brokenness of who we are. But as we're building in this life of our unbreakable faith, it is built on the word of God, right? It is built on what, the God, what God says in the unseen that we can only see in this seen realm, that God sees beyond what we see and that he speaks to us out of that. 
In Samuel 11, verses 11 to 13, it says, Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him. Let me start that one again. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Ramah? So we've looked at the inclined heart and informed heart. And then we see Samuel where he has got this plan from God that he's set out to go and anoint one of Jesse's sons. And that Jesse comes and presents all his sons, all the names that we can't pronounce. He comes and he puts them all in, the seven sons. And then David's like, is there any more? I don't know how long it would take to go and fetch David to come back. It's not like, hey, jump on the mobile phone. Hey, David, get on back here. But one thing we see over here with Samuel is that Samuel was not prepared to even sit down until God's will was done in this. Samuel was not prepared to now say, I'm just going to recline, sit back, um, have a drink, have something and wait until um, God provided this other son. I don't know how long it would have taken to go and get David and come back. I can't imagine it being a quick phone call and shoot him up on the car. But what we see here was Samuel who was not prepared to sit down. How often in my life I sit down before God shows up. How often in my life when there is something that God has said to me, something that God has shown me, something that God is speaking to me, and I'm like, oh, it's taking too long. I'll forget about that now. Maybe it wasn't God. And how quickly we can just sit down and not wait for what God said he was going to do. How quickly we forget those promises that God has spoken over our lives. That for Samuel, he, what he displays here was a preparedness to say, this is what God is going to do. And I'm standing and waiting until he provides that thing. That I'm going to stand and wait. I don't know how long it took to get David there. But I'm going to stand and wait until God provides this last son. And that was the son to come. That sometimes we sit down. I know I sit down before God shows up. And that we miss maybe what God is doing in our lives. We miss the the point of where God was like, I'm bringing you all this way. Son one, son two, son three, son four, son six. And I'm out at son four. It's like, God's not moving. Maybe I got it wrong one, two, three, four times. But God's telling us, don't sit down before I show up. Because when you know when God is moving... And when you know when you're in that spot where God is speaking, there is an invigoration of the heart, right, that comes. When you know that God is working, that he is in your life, that you can sense him moving and whatnot. But sometimes we sit down. Sometimes we sit down, we miss what God is doing in that. That we settle for what is in front of us. 
rather than what is not yet seen. You see, David wasn't seen at this point. But what we should be asking is, God, what more do you have? Because son one to six or seven, is David the eighth son? I didn't look that up. There were seven sons presented. And they were all visible to Samuel. You see, David was not visible. So what can we ask God? Is God, what more do you have for me? What is it that I cannot see for myself, but you, have, you can see it and you know it? We know that he goes before us. He is working in our lives. To be able to ask those questions of God, is there anything more that you are doing, saying in our lives? That as we look at this, this world and we look at our lives and recognising that we are broken vessels, but yet through the brokenness, through the unseen, through the reins of life, through the failures in our life, that there will be a consistent, unbreakable faith because of our hearts that are inclined to God, because of our hearts that are informed by God and our hearts that are invigorated as Christians. We live lives that are not dull and boring. <laughs> Because we have the power of Almighty God working in our lives and through our lives. That we should dis display the most joy and peace and all these things because not of who we are, not because of the brokenness of who we are, but because of a God who is never changing. Because of a God who is joy, who is peace, who is love. That is why we can radiate those things in our lives. As our hearts are inclined to, as our hearts are informed by, that we can not fake it, no one wants that, but truly be informed by God's word that is able to bring joy where actually the world, where the world sense makes no sense that you are to have joy in your life. And that is truth. So as we are going to continue, we're going to take a moment now, and I'm going to invite the band up to be able to have a moment and time to take communion. And I'm going to invite everyone to stand. As we look at this journey of faith that we have, and I don't know where you are in the life cycle of David, whether it is like, I'm just in this unseen, no one knows what I'm doing, I'm in my happy little place over here, tending sheep, doing my stuff. Whether you're in the rain and high of life and life is swell, or whether you found yourself, I'm like, it's low. It's a low point, possibly what you've done, possibly what other people have done. That through all of that, our hearts should always be inclined to God. Our hearts should always be informed to God, no matter where we are in the journey. And so this morning, I just have that sense. One, if the Word of God is what you need to start picking up, I pray that you would pick that up this week and allow it to speak to your heart. But also maybe you've, you've sensed that actually my heart's been inclined to these other things and not to God. I would love to pray for us this morning that if that is you, that maybe um, as we're going to come out for communion in a moment, that I'm just going to be up the front here to the side. And maybe you're like, just pray for me that my heart, I just want it fully inclined to where God is calling me towards God himself. And I'm just going to put a bit of oil 
And this, as Samuel anoints David, that what we know is that the mark of God and the call of God on our lives, that is one that holds us and grounds us as we're following after God's own heart. But our hearts tend to wander and our hearts tend to go to incline to the things that are tangible and of this world. So if that's you today and you would like to just say, hey, this morning, I just want to pray that my heart again would be inclined to the things of God. I'm just going to um, just take a moment and just pray that simple prayer. And just a little bit of oil to say, today, this moment, God, I'm making this decision. And you in afresh to incline my heart towards you. And then we're going to take communion. And um, over here, if you haven't taken communion before, haven't experienced that. That what we do in this moment is that we recognise that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. And that He paid the price for us. And that through all our failings and all our our failures and our brokenness of who we are, that He went to the cross, that we live a life that is free, that we live the life that is in freedom because of what Christ has done for us. And we remember that in this moment. So we have the cup and the cracker here that represents Christ's body and blood that was shed for us. And so as the, the team lead us in this next song, You can come and grab that cracker and that juice and take that in your own space. Maybe as a family, you want to, this is a place and freedom now just to um, do what you need to do with God. And you might want to pray with family. You might want to pray with friends to be able to take that time to do that in this moment. But if you would like to come to me, uh, me and Ryan are up the front here. We just put some oil on your head and say, just pray for that heart, that steers our lives and, and, and has that inclination to go elsewhere. And we just mark that moment this morning to say, God, my heart is towards you. So as you feel led, come.